ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Yeah. Welcome to the Feast and yeah. Famine Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Pivotal Game 5. Exco, give it to you. Wait for you to get it on your own. Exco, deliver so, to you. has taken the fight to the Miami They have not responded. Got settled in the second half and it was over from there. But the only thing you can't steal was came out to play. Stay out my way. Jalen Brown! The Celtics steamroll the Heat and now have a three games to two lead in these Eastern Conference Finals. It's Jalen Rose. I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What, what is it that we do? We get a people. What they want? John Ham joins us later, but we start with the action in Miami last night. Game five. One team was going to take a three-two lead in the series, and that team was the road team, the Boston Celtics. In the second half, it was Jalen Brown. This dunk was emblematic of the evening. Jalen Brown had a big second half. The Celtics cruised to a double-digit victory. Jalen Rose, what did you think of Game 5? I see you out there, namesake, putting in that work in the second half. So there are a lot of things to take from that game yesterday, Jacoby. So the Celtics actually got off to a slow start, in particular offensively. Jalen Brown was turning the ball over crazy in the first half. Jason Tatum couldn't make a shot. But Derek White is the guy that kept him afloat, offensively in particular. And then the second half, when the Boston Celtics version of J&J got going, it was lights out, baby, for the Miami Heat. Because when I was watching the Heat, a couple of things stood out to me. Kyle Lowry missed a couple of games due to injury. Jimmy Butler missed the second half due to injury. P.J. Tucker has been hobbled. Tyler Hero was not playing. I was like, why is this a close game at halftime? I'm like, wait a minute, because it's an ugly game and they're in it for two reasons, coaching and heat culture. But in the second half, talent just took over. Yep. And the Boston Celtics created an avalanche on the Miami Heat that they're not going to be able to recover from. And as you mentioned, it is 3-2, and normally when it's 2-2, the team that wins game five goes on to win the series around 80% of the time. I bet that increases when that game is on their home floor. So the Miami Heat, I believe, are in trouble, trouble, trouble. The Miami Heat are in big trouble, and uh, remember Max Struess hit that big shot to give them the win in game three? Well, Max Struess did not hit a shot. Kyle Lowry did not hit a shot. And you can say it is the Celtics defense. The Celtics do have one of the best defensive teams in the league. But this Heat team, just remember Jimmy Butler had 41 points in game one and went to the line 18 times? He just can't find the bucket. This Heat team just can't get anything going offensively, whether it's injuries, Tyler Hero's out. But Lowry and Butler are playing. 
They're just not playing well. Is it the Celtics defense or is it the injuries or is it just the Heat are in a cold streak? Well, teacher moment. It's always good defense when the other team misses. You're going against the best players in the world. They're going to make contested shots. They're going to miss open shots. But for the Miami Heat, like Adrian and Rocky, you can't win when your backcourt ain't productive. 0 for 15 in this game, like 1 for 28 the last two games, Kyle Lowry and Max Struess. 1 for 28 the last two basketball games from their backcourt. And again, each situation is created different. Struess is in there to give you shot making to play you over Duncan Robinson. So mm -hmm. now Duncan Robinson starts to get minutes and he misses shots too. Kyle Lowry, you bring him there on a three-year contract, a champion, a playoff performer, somebody to solidify that position. He's out there hobbled, but he's unproductive. So the Miami Heat are defeated, depleted, and the Heat should be off after the next game. Oh, I do not I do not think game six will go well for the Miami Heat. They travel back to Boston. It just seems like they need help. And when you're watching this game, it seems evident there's just not a lot of shot creation with the hobbled Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero on the bench. And I'm not the only person who felt that way. Joel Embiid just decided to get his Twitter fingers out. He was watching the game like the rest <laughs> of us. And he said, Miami needs another star with a capital S, which the capitalization is a little weird to me. But Mr. Rose, is he trying to hint at something bigger than that? Like potentially he could be that other star that the Miami Heat need? Or is he just recognizing like the rest of us that they don't have a lot of shot creation without Tyler Hero? Well, a couple of things. An athlete now knows when they press send about another team that we're gonna animate that they possibly want to be with that team. Mm -hmm. And he's no different because he got bounced out of the playoffs, but I appreciate the fact that he played hurt, had an MVP caliber year, led the league in scoring 40-10 games. Like Joel Embiid is one of the handful of best players in the NBA. So he knows when he sends that tweet about the Heat, in particular with his relationship with Jimmy Butler, that we're not gonna speculate what might happen with the Heat roster. And, and also, what might happen with his roster as it relates to James Harden. See, here's the elephant in the room. If you're Joel Embiid, do you want to play a max contract James Harden the next four or five years that's making no. 40 to 50 to 60, up to $60 million a year? No. And so he knows that just like you know that. So a lot of that has to do probably with his organization, but more so he just giving a hat tip to Jimmy and a little shade to Bam, by the way. That's, yep. that's shade to Bam. It That's deservedly shade so. to Bam. But it's interesting, Jalen, because Correct. he says Miami Heat need another star. However, I forgot. Who did the Sixers lose to in the playoffs? They lost. Oh, the Miami Heat. So the Miami Heat didn't need another star to beat your team, <laughs> but they need another star to beat the Celtics. I find that angle interesting as well. Should we read more How into this, this, or is this just him? So... The one thing I love about you and I love about this league is like how people can like be a hero in their own movie like you taught me. And you're right. The Heat didn't need another star to beat him. So now he wants to speculate what they actually need. That's actually hilarious. But again, to me, this is shade at Bam. Mm. Who I mentioned the people that were missing. Bam was also missing. The games that Robert Williams III played each of those. 
He missed. He was missing each of those games. He got going yesterday when they were down 15 yeah. or 20. He started being really aggressive, and he started getting some buckets. But Joel understands what he's doing. He understands what the tweet is going to have us discussing, and we'll see what takes place. But ultimately, he's going to be in Philly. Miami going to continue to do what they do. They were just hobbled. And also, the, the Celtics are more talented. They're deeper. They're better. And something else that, that happened that Emei Odoka, I want to give him credit for. When Bam Adebayo was in the half-court offense, they did a terrific job of having Horford, Grant Williams, or even Jalen Brown guarding Bam on the perimeter. Why? Because they had Robert Williams III on the baseline guarding three-point shooters. So now if Bam drives by them, he's automatically standing there to help. And you know what else happened in yesterday's game? He's also there to close out on the three-point shooter and block a couple of threes mm -hmm. like he did yesterday's game. And so that adjustment really helped close off the paint in a lot of ways for Bam Adebayo. Robert Williams III has certainly, his presence was felt when he's in and his absence is felt when he's out. That one game that he missed, the Heat dominated, and when he's in the game, he changes the game. Now, Jalen, it's time to turn our attention to the Western Conference Finals. The Warriors were up 3-0. They were in Dallas, chance to sweep. Luka and the Mavs got going a little bit, started hitting some threes. Mr. Rose, game five tonight in the Bay. Is this the game that the Warriors close out the series in? What is happening? I'm on my I'm on my turbo at with the broom and breaking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is about to be a gentleman's sweep. And I told you on this program that Luka wasn't going to let his team get swept, and he didn't. And it was great to see Finney Smith and Bullock make shots. Jalen Brunson has emerged all season. But this will be over after tonight. Really? The Splash Brothers will show up with a sense of urgency. They're paying attention to the East. They know that the finals don't start until a week from today. They'll have some time to get rest while the Celtics travel to them they end this series tonight. I think it's crucial that they end the series tonight. They don't want to get on a plane and go back to Dallas and then and they start hearing the noise sort of like the Sixers did when they were playing the Raptors about losing after being up 3-0. Like, they just don't need any of that. I think tonight's a big game for the Warriors. And I, like you, think they close it out this evening. Yes, Mr. Rose. And you don't want to play that extra game because that extra game has Pascal Siakam, it, it, that extra game has Joel Embiid pumping up the crowd. It has Pascal Siakam driving to the basket, elbowing him in the face. And before you know it, he's wearing a mask, he has a fractured face, and that hampers what happens going forward. You don't want to play extra games if you're the Golden State Warriors. Go out there, take care of business. I believe they will. I believe they will as well. Mr. Rose, joining us in just seconds, one of my favorite actors and people in the world, Don Draper himself. John Hamm is joining us to talk about the new Top Gun film that Jalen Rose has already seen. We'll discuss it right after this. You're watching Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen and Jacoby is brought to you by Burger King. Chicken fries are back on. Two for five at Burger King. Mix and match them for only five bucks. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck here at Pier 17 in New York City at the Seaport. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose, we have a big guest right now, Admiral Simpson from Top Gun Maverick. John Hamm joins us. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, this is a classic movie, and I cannot wait to see Top Gun Maverick. Jalen Rose has seen it, but what was it like when you were originally cast as Admiral Simpson? It was the easiest yes I've ever had to give. Uh, it was a very uh, exciting moment, honestly. Uh, uh, we were talking a little bit uh, just before we went on the air, but uh, the, uh, I saw this movie when I was 15 years old, and it was kind of then and now one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. So the the opportunity to get to be in the, the sequel some 30-some-odd years later was uh, was very exciting, and a chance to get to do most of, if not all, my scenes with uh, with Mr. Cruz, Maverick himself, was uh, was a very exciting opportunity. That was my question because I got a chance to see it, as you guys mentioned, Jacoby. Century City on the big screen, Jacoby. You know, I had extra, extra, extra butter on my popcorn. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. What was it like to work alongside the number one action star the way you did in Tom Cruise? It was uh, outstanding. You know, Tom is is as advertised, as they say. He is uh, enthusiastic. He is uh, incredibly generous. Uh, but he is first and foremost an, a movie star in the way that they kind of don't make him anymore. And uh, to be able to get to share scenes and share screen with him, it, it, playing that character in this franchise was a, was a, was a real dream come true. Well, you mentioned scenes, and when you mentioned Top Gun and scenes, we have to talk to you about the beach volleyball scene. It is a remake. It is an extension of the franchise. Do we get a shirtless John Hamm with aviator glasses and jeans on playing beach volleyball? I uh, I not only kept my shirt on, I kept my pants on, my socks on. I'm on the beach with loafers. That's how that's how covered up I am. I did have some I did have some very cool sunglasses, but that's about the size of it my uh, fortunately I left the uh, the shirtless acting to the to the younger generation I was fortunate enough to also interview legendary producer and fellow Detroit native Jerry Bruckheimer and I asked him this question I'm curious to hear your answer as well what sequel from the 80s and or 90s would you like to see as a reboot that's a good question. I mean, I'm 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 involved with a couple of them. I've got uh, 
we just uh, we just re uh, reimagined Fletch for the new generation. So、mm. we had、uh, we shot that in Boston of, of last year, and that should come out later this year.、Um, but、uh, you know, there's the, the '80s were a very incredibly ripe decade for、uh, for movies, and and there's tons. I kind of you know they kind of started doing it when they when they brought like Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Uh, and Bruce Willis and all those things back for like the Expendables and stuff, but I think I think they might they might have to reboot Die Hard. I think there might need to be a new generation's Ooh. John McClane. You know what I mean? Wow, Die Hard would be a great one. I'm very partial to gleaning the cube, a little sort of like pre X Games <laughs> kind of a kind of a you know a little like a skateboard a BMX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really had that put some put some scabs on my knees and elbows after watching that one. Oh, I bet, man. Yeah, that's a deep pull. Yes,、uh, I had the pleasure of、uh, meeting and working with you at the 2013 ESPYS when you hosted the greatest night in sports. What are some of your sort of like lasting memories from that experience? I tell you what, it's pretty. It's a pretty great night. You know, I remember when the ESPYS first. I was, in fact, I was in a commercial for one of the very first ESPYS with Sam Jackson a long, long time ago, when Sam was hosting the thing. It was one of my first paid gigs as an actor. So I've had a, a rich history with the ESPYS. But when when you come out on that stage and you look out in that audience and you see basically every superstar from every sport, it reminds you, you know, of how how cool、uh, this this event and this evening is, and it celebrates. A- athletes, who,、uh, you know, across the across the great、uh, panoply of sports that that、uh, that we that we celebrate, and it was a great night.、Uh, and we had we had a, we had a blast. I got to meet a ton of people.、Uh, it was in LA, so that was even cooler.、Um, and uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. As a native of St. Louis, and you mentioned athletes, as we talked about the ESPYS. You talked about also shooting a movie in Boston. I know you're a huge Jason Tatum fan. What do you think <laughs> of his ascension as a superstar? And do you think they have what it takes to beat the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals and win it all?、Um, that's a good question. I think、uh, I think it's、uh, it's it's going to be close. I, look, I root for Game Seven. That's、uh, that's that's where I'm that's where I'm stuck right now with my St. Louis Blues, hoping for Game Seven.、Uh, but I always root for the for the longest possible series and the most possible drama.、Uh, and I, you know, I think this, both franchises have have incredible history of of,、uh, of winning in championships. Obviously, the Celtics have been around a little longer, but uh, uh, that all goes out the window once once you start playing the games. So、uh, you know, I, I generally don't root for Boston. Uh, when they, because they've taken a few、uh, World Series titles away from my St. Louis Cardinals, but uh, uh, and, a, and a Super Bowl title away from the St. Louis Rams, but、uh, you know, it's、uh, I, I, I'm rooting for Game Seven. I'm glad you brought up the Rams because you know, as a St. Louis Rams fan, did you support this sort of Los Angeles iterations run to the Super Bowl champion? How did that feel as someone who sort of loves the team and the uniform and the franchise, but also has been had your heart broken by them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, that's a, that's the second franchise,、uh, the NFL franchise that left my city. So、uh, it's a, it's bittersweet. We'll say that. But I was very, very happy for Matt Stafford. I thought, what a great story. OBJ, the same thing. Like, it was a, it was an amazing story.、Uh, they couldn't get it done、uh, a couple years prior, and then、uh, and for them to come back and get it done was that what and was a great game.、Uh, that was I was there. So that was fun to go to to the Super Bowl in, in my adopted hometown. 
I was happy for Matt Stafford too as a Detroiter and as a lifelong Lions fan. I root for players that escape my team <laughs> that has only won one playoff game in the last 60 years like Indomitian Sue and Matthew Stafford to go on and win a Super Bowl. But I have to also ask you, we brag about our pizza. So does New York. So does Chicago. What is St. Louis style pizza? Well, it's interesting. I've had Detroit style pizza. I like it very much. Or sheet pan pizza, very, very good. We uh, the St. Louis style is a very, very thin crust, and it's cut in squares, not wedges. So uh, we do have that in common a little bit. But it's uh, it's an acquired taste. I would definitely say that. Uh, people have it, and they're not sure what they're eating. <laughs> He said, let me just explain to people that aren't familiar with St. Louis style pizza. pizza the, the crust, you know, the ahead, crust is a cracker. As someone who used to make pizza for a living, the crust is basically like a cracker thin crust yeah. that they put some very, sauce very and cheese on top of. That's basically what it is. It's, as I said, it's an acquired taste. It is an acquired taste. I haven't quite acquired it yet, but maybe I'll try some more next time I'm in, I'm in St. Louis. So uh, you mentioned your Cardinals, and what does it feel like as someone who's sort of been a lifelong Cardinals fan to see Albert Pujols back in the uniform for that team in the twilight of his career? It's it's great, and it's it's great, especially given this season with with Adam Wainwright and Yadier, uh, maybe maybe consider this being their last year too. So it's nice to see, you know, number five back in the mix with those guys. You know, he's he's such a big part of the championship runs we had in 2006 and 2011. Obviously, it was it was a. Uh, it's you know it was, we were obviously very sorry to see him go, but but uh, he is uh, welcome back with open arms, and he's and he's doing great, which is great. Should society go back to mad men, office level drinking? <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you don't get a lot done in the afternoon if you're putting down like that. That's, uh, that's an early, that's an early uh, nap. There's a reason why my character took a lot of naps in this office. So that's, yeah, that's a big part there's of it. a couch in every office for a reason, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Now, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us while putting all this press out for Top Gun. I know you're joining us from a hotel room, but my question for you is, why does it look like there's like 50 sonograms behind you on that wall? Like, what is that art I, behind it's, you? I don't know. It's, it's like a it's like a mirror. It has like a mirror, a smoky mirror. Thing. I don't know. It's very. You, you look good when you check yourself out in it because it's uh, everybody looks good a little uh, a little foggy. So you know it's it's uh, yeah it's a, it's an art it's a piece of art. We appreciate it. Don't forget, everybody, Top Gun Maverick out this weekend. Admiral yes. Simpson, John Ham joining yes. us. Thank you so much for taking the time. Look forward to having you back anytime. Thanks, fellas. Much obliged. Thanks Great a lot. Appreciate the law. Jalen and Jacoby is brought to you by Duracell. Engineered for more. Tomorrow night, game six of the Eastern Conference Finals, elimination game for the Miami Heat. Can they stay alive? Find out. 8.30, Friday on ESPN. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby every single day is another day that Brittany Griner is unjustly detained in Russia. Jalen Rose, we're at 98 now. I don't even know what to say. 98 days, Brittany Griner has been wrongfully detained in Russia. And we here at Jalen and Jacoby each day are gonna use our voices and this platform to wish her a speedy, safe return to the United States. 
Some interesting news in the NFL, Mr. Rose. Colin Kaepernick is going to work out for the Raiders. In the past, he's done sort of these pro day workouts where he invites teams. This is specifically for the Raiders. Do you expect to see him on a roster this year? So I'm going to show my age here for all of you youngsters out there. The Raiders logo also was an affiliation of how Al Davis, their owner, felt about the league. They behaved like outlaws, right? And mm -hmm. that's how their team performed. That's how he performed with the league. And they always beat it, beat to a different drum. So if he is going to get a tryout, it's only right that it happens for the Raiders. They have a secure quarterback in Derek Carr, who they just gave a contract to. They also brought in Devontae Adams. I think this is genius for them. All upside, nothing to lose. I hope he sticks with the team. I'll rock a jersey. I would love to see Kaepernick on the roster, at least invite him to trading camp and give him a shot to make the final roster. Jalen, there has never been a team in the National Basketball Association that was down 3-0 in a playoff series that has come back to win. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that the Mavs are not the first out of 147 teams to do that. They traded Kristaps Porzingis midseason, and that sort of gave them some flexibility to maybe make some moves. What do you expect the Mavs to do this offseason to put a more productive group around their star, Luka Doncic? First off, you want to make sure Luka inked up for as much money for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. You just make sure he's inked up. The next thing you do is you get a rim protector. When you watch this year's playoffs, Bertans and the bigs that they have up front, Kleber, and Powell, they don't create offense, interior, and also they're not a physically imposing group. So you need somebody that's going to be able to physically guard the post, but also somebody that can rim protect and be a lob threat. And I'm pretty sure that they're going to be in, market, in the market for that this offseason. There's been some whispers and rumors about a gentleman named Rudy Gobert potentially joining Luka Doncic. Do you think Gobert would be the right fit in Dallas? See, you've been hanging around me too much. There ain't no whispers. There ain't no rumors. You just heard me say that. Ain't nobody else saying that. You just heard me say that. And the thing about it is that may be a legitimate landing spot for him, depending on what happens with the Utah Jazz if they decide to go elsewhere and break up Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Well, when Rudy Gobert is in a Mavs jersey, when it comes along the bottom of the ticker, remember where you heard it first right here on Jalen and Jacoby. We are off tomorrow, but we'll be back on Monday, potentially previewing the finals Thank you. on ESPN2 at Thank 4 you. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is podcast exclusive content for our podcast listeners. Jalen Anthony Rose, we have to discuss what something. What up, though? You made a mistake. You made a mistake. You voted Kyrie Irving for All-NBA. He barely played. <laughs> we spent all season talking about Kyrie Irving not being available. He's the reason James Harden isn't performing. He, he didn't get vaccinated. He was great when he played. 
but he did not deserve an all-NBA vote. Mr. Rose, please explain yourself. Thank you for bringing this up, family. And the beautiful thing about being affiliated with the league almost 30 years and doing this job, this is my 20th consecutive year covering the NBA playoffs and finals on television. Like Cat Williams said, players mess up, <laughs> first off. So let, so, so let me just own that. Um, Whoops. But I'll, te- I'll tell you what went into the thinking, because you know I thought about it clearly before I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what went into the thinking, whether you agree or not. And by the way, you shouldn't agree because he only played 29 games. And just so everybody knows, We only agree, and I say we, we only agree that he shouldn't be all NBA because of the games he played. Mm -hmm. But let's all also agree, when he did play, he's one of the 15 best performers I saw this season. And the other thing I want to acknowledge is, it reminds me so much of how like, I feed off of people trying to discredit me or assassinate my character. I, I like that, that fuels me. Like some people, like it makes them like have anxiety or it makes them like, uh, you know, uh, f- ruin their self-esteem. For me, it's just the opposite because now I'm like, hold on. I got clowns out here trying to disrespect and discredit me because I made a mistake on a third team All-NBA that y'all don't care about anyway. Jacoby, who was third team All-NBA last year? I don't know. Who was all third team All-NBA the year before? I don't know. Exactly. So what that is, is two things that I noticed. Is one, people really hate Kyrie Irving right now. That's the first thing. So now anybody that's looked to support him, everybody else is also ready to slander. That's the first thing. The second thing, in particular on social media, when people now say my vote should be taken or former players shouldn't be allowed to vote and this is why people don't take it serious, this don't mean any of that. This didn't stop my my, my guy Trey Young from making the team. Trey Young still made the team. But I can't lie to y'all. When I filled out my ballot, the Hawks were in 10th spot in the East. Fair. The Hawks were 10th in the East. And well, the, Nets Nets, the Nets were like 7th. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were 7th. No, they were 7th. They fell to 8th. I... I it, it, I voted the last minute of the last day, basically. And I'm telling you, the, remember, the Hawks were the 10th seed in the play-in. Not justifying it at all. But the reality of it is, players mess up. Yeah, you messed up. And I own Whoops. that. I understand what you're thinking, but you have to, I feel like to get an all-NBA spot, you have to play more games and earn that. And I'm sure you agree with that. It's just common sense. But I do want to talk about Kyrie Irving and the Nets. There's been a report, I believe the gentleman's name is Christian Winfield, for the New York Daily News, 
local paper here saying this, and this is one of those I need to talk to Jalen about this thing, saying that Kevin Durant has not spoken with the front office since they were swept by the Celtics. Jalen, you played in the league. You played for the, every team in the league, basically. <laughs> you know the player-team relationship. Is this abnormal? Is this something worth reporting? Is this, does this mean that Kevin Durant's upset with the front office? Is this tied to Ky Kyrie Irving potentially getting or not getting an extension? Him not speaking with anyone in the front office, something or nothing, Mr. Rose. Nothing. Nothing. Let me say that again out loud. Nothing. Literally nothing. Let me teach you guys something. When you get swept out of the playoffs in the first round, ain't nothing to talk about. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know how this works. When you get swept in the first round, ain't nothing to talk about. There's nothing to say. And I'll further that. How do media and fans feel when they're watching their favorite NBA game and players that got bounced all of a sudden want to chime in about everything that they see happening during the game? Mm. That's the exact same thing for ownership and a general manager. They don't want to talk to him either. You, you see what I'm saying? They don't want to. Well, there's nothing to talk about. They're the only team that didn't win a game this year in the playoffs. The only one. There's nothing to talk about. And well, let me also, tell you this. Let me tell you the forget. B side of that. People forget what Kevin Durant looked like in that Celtics series, too. He did not look like himself. Remember all those turnovers? Remember all the Celtics just grabbing the ball from his hands? It seems like he couldn't dribble. He couldn't get past people. Like, he didn't look like the best player in the world, which he did look like in previous playoffs. And, and also, Jacoby, here's the, here's the B side to that. There's no true major moves for them to make right now. Mm. Their core is locked in. KD, locked in. Ben Simmons, locked in. Kyrie, player op. They already talked out loud about what they expect from him. He ain't going nowhere. So he's basically going to be locked in regardless of what the parameters of the deal is. He's not leaving. So he's locked in. And Steve Nash is going to be there. Sean Marks is going to be there. Joe Harris will return. There, there, there's nothing to talk about right now. Let me tell you the true conversations when they're going to start talking. When it's time to sign Kyrie. Mm -hmm. That's when they're going to start talking. And let me tell you the point that everybody's missing that I want to bring out, or put on the table. Kyrie would be stupid to accept an incentive-laden deal. And it's almost embarrassing for people going on whatever publication, act like he should sign a one-year deal or a team option for the second year. NBA contracts don't work like that. This ain't the NFL. Those contracts ain't done on toilet paper. When he signs this deal, it's going to be fully guaranteed. When he signs this deal, Jacoby, it's going to be fully guaranteed. Sean Marks All calls your this, phone. I you, know you played with Sean Marks. He calls your phone. He says, Jalen. Should I sign Kyrie Irving? Should I, should I sign him to a full max deal? Four years, five years, max money. Should I do that? What's your advice? 
Call KD. Because <laughs> call KD. You now need Yeah. Because you now need KD to hold him accountable, not you. Because if and when, for whatever reason, you feel like some insubordination happens under that contract, you now look at KD and like, that's your man. That's your man. And you know what we gonna do with your man? Trade him. Because before we signed him, I looked at you, KD, and I told you that if I sign him to this deal, I expect him to be locked in. I looked at you, Kyrie, and told you, when I sign you to this deal, I expect you to be locked in. So KD, if he ain't locked in, don't get mad at me if we trade him. And mm. guess what he's gonna say? I agree. Because he lost that real estate. He had the power when Kyrie signed, and then he signed, and then they chose the Nets over the Knicks, and then they got together with James Harden, and they pulled James Harden in, and then they got together and decided that they didn't want James Harden anymore, and he decided he didn't want to be there, and then they all decided that Ben Simmons would be a better choice this year, and then Ben Simmons gets there. How did he pass a physical? Uh -huh. So now Ben Simmons gets there, doesn't play a game, and has surgery. Doesn't play a game and has back surgery. And so now all of that equity KD had at the blackjack table, all of those chips that were stacked really high, they gone now. We all, we all know how that they feels. They gone. <laughs> we all know how that They're feels. They gone. You know how the chips are there? You say, I should leave right now. I'm winning. Yep. I should just leave right now. And oh, then you no, be like, I'm going to put a couple in this right pocket, put a couple in the left pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that dude. The dealers always say something to me, too. They're like, why are you putting the, why are you putting the chips in your pocket? They're going to come back out. <laughs> They're going to come back out. Come on now. Come on, Jacoby. You got, what are you, doing? you got some chips on the table, and you're like, I'm going to put the, what I came with in my right pocket and a little profit. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put in my left pocket what I'm still willing to lose if I had to, and I'm yep. gonna play the chips that's on the table. Right? I'm gonna play the chips that's on the table. There. We've all and, been there. And now, and now KD lost the chips that were on the table. He lost the chips that were in his left pocket. Now he gotta go into that right pocket. And you're like, oh man, this is where I started. Oh man, oh man, should I do this? And so now, if Kyrie isn't accountable, you don't even worry about holding him accountable. You hold KD accountable. That's your man. And so don't say you don't wanna be here. Don't say you wanna get traded. Don't say you're unhappy with the team. If he doesn't show up, and we decide to move them. That's well, the next play. It does feel like that the, the Nets organization has been very responsive and collaborative with KD, getting James Harden, trading James Harden, getting Kyrie Irving, signing KD, that, uh, that, that it seems like they should be able to do what they want. But I don't know if I would sign Kyrie Irving. All right, here's it. Rose Tradamus. I need you. Rose Tradamus. What seed do the Brooklyn Nets have at the end of next season? I can see anything from I would accept anything from one to ten. You're going three seed, three seed, three seed, and I'll vote Kyrie All NBA next year also. 
except he's going to play more games. That's going to be the difference. Interesting. He's going to play more games. They'll be a three seed. Rostradamus. Celtics what up, Warriors NBA Finals in the Bay. You're there, suited and booted. Who wins the NBA Finals between the Celtics and the Warriors? That's right, I'm going all the way there. All the way there before either series is over. Um, oh, I love this. You get podcast so let me tell listeners. Jalen Rose so is first broken off, let right me now. Tell you why Steve, let, me, let me tell you why Steve Kerr is a great coach. He's already using players that he knows that he's going to need in the next round. Mm. If you notice, Kaminga's getting more minutes. That's what I was thinking of. Because they know they're going to need him in the next round. Him in particular. I would say... The Boston Celtics, even when they had Isaiah Thomas as their point guard, through Kimba, with Kyrie, or without Kyrie, they're the only team in the NBA that has a winning record against Steve Kerr and the Warriors. Interesting. Since he's been coaching. If I'm the Celtics right now, they're the only one. I'm very concerned about Jason Tatum's shoulder. You were at the game, Celtics won. That's the big story. Jalen Brown had himself a game. That's a big story. Second half comeback. That's a big story. Defense, big story. Struess and Lowry not hitting shots, big story. To me, the biggest story coming out of that game, Jason Tatum's shoulder doesn't look right. And I'll tell you, they're not beating the Warriors without Jason Tatum being a hundo. Correct. Or Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Um, or Robert Williams III, who's been in and out of the lineup. But 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 here's the thing I want you to think about. Okay. In game four, right, game four in Boston, Jason Tatum's shoulder was also bothering him. He shot two air balls. Yep. He shot two air balls. See, sometimes when you play well or you win, people only pay attention to the result and they don't really acknowledge what happened throughout the journey. Exactly. He was struggling with it in that game. And again, shot. And you know I pay attention when people shoot air balls. You hate air balls. You know that's like that's like ten that's like ten shots to me. I'm like when I see somebody shoot air balls, I'm like, why that just happened? I'm like, why did that just happen? I'm like, hold on. And of course, you need him to be healthy. But if I had to handicap the NBA Finals right now, today, Warriors have home court advantage. Mm-hmm. I would take the Celtics. And the reason why, I'll tell you the reason why. People always use the term big in basketball. I make sure I use another term that I don't want people to underestimate. Height. It's a tall man's game. Mm. And when you look up front, for the Golden State Warriors, you got Robert Williams, you got Al Horford versus Draymond Green and Looney. Now, I bring those four into the mix because none of them score, usually. 
Like Looney had a had a glow up and had a 20-point game and he's been grabbing boards and he's been doing well. But none of those, three of those people don't score. The only person of that group that shoots the ball is Al Horford. He the only one. Draymond and Looney don't shoot. Robert Williams don't shoot. Which means the Celtics can do what they do defensively, but also do something else offensively. Draymond and Looney, not lob threats. Mm. Robert William III is. Yeah, yeah. And why does that matter? Not to get too technical, but that opens up a corner three-point shot when you got a lob threat. Yep. The baseline defender has to choose to sit on the big's legs and take away the lob and try to recover to the three. But when you don't have a lob threat, you can kind of do both. You can stand on his hip, but also get out to the shooter. And then you have Grant Williams coming in off the bench, who's a shooter and a defender. Kaminga's an athlete and going to be a, 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 a multi-time all-star, not a shooter. Edge Warriors. Draymond Green, Defensive Player of the Year, Lockdown Defender. Robert Williams, the third, second team all defense. The Boston Celtics has six players get an all NBA defensive vote. Six. Yep. And so when you watch the Warriors play D, it's Draymond. Hopefully, Gary Payton, the second, is it, it returns. Looney competes defensively. Kaminga competes defensively. Trey, uh, Clay is not the defender that he used to be, but he does compete defensively. As I really break this down, the Warriors can do a lot of switching. I, I'll, t I, I'll take the Celtics today. I'll take this. I as well. I, if both teams are healthy, I'll take the Celtics today. And on Monday, when we reconvene for Jalen and Jacoby, I think that we will have the finals preview set. Cannot wait for that. Everyone enjoy your weekend. We're off tomorrow. We're back on Monday. Why is that? Jalen Anthony Rose. Make sure you check out this week's Renaissance Man podcast. I know we had our guy John Hamm on the show representing Top Gun Maverick. But Jacoby, I don't know if you realize this, I also interviewed a couple of people from that movie. I interviewed the director and producer, Jerry Bruckheimer, and I also introduced, I also interviewed Jay Ellis. That episode is out this week, so make sure you check out Renaissance Man. And like the Blastmaster Karras one once said, we're not done. We're not done. We are not done. Got to give the